Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Well, good morning again. It's hour two of Mornings with Carmen on the 27th of June, 2023, which means tomorrow is the 28th, and that's our day of forgiveness here at Faith Radio. If you haven't done so already, text the word FORGIVE to 877-933-2484 to embark with us on a forgiveness journey. Um, We just invite you to participate with us in, um, in the experience of forgiveness dealing with those issues of unforgiveness in our own lives and um, extending to others the forgiveness that we have already experienced in Christ Jesus. Or if that's news to you, that there's forgiveness in Jesus, um, we would love to have that conversation with you. So text the word FORGIVE to 877-933-2484 and embark with us on this forgiveness journey. Um, We talk about journeys. um, One of the journey words that's out there is the word pilgrimage. And uh, and because you are, I mean, in all likelihood, in all likelihood, not a, an observant Muslim, if you are listening right now. If you are, then you already know this. If you are not, then um, this is probably news to you. Millions of Muslims from around the world um, are engaged in, right now, the Hajj, uh, this pilgrimage that every Muslim is required to do once in their lifetime. Some have the uh, ability and the privilege of doing it more than once. Um, And so hundreds of thousands of Muslims from around the world were walking in solemn circles uh, around um, the Grand Mosque on Sunday, beginning what um, is believed to be the biggest Hajj pilgrimage ever potentially ever, two and a half million Muslim pilgrims expected at the Hajj this year in Saudi Arabia. So it started on Sunday with the Tawaf, which is the uh, this walking in circles um, uh, and um, praying. This is a prayerful process. Uh, and the Hajj is, or this pilgrimage, one of the five pillars of Islam. Um, and so... During the Hajj, there are a series of rites that are completed over four days. And so it moves across um, Saudi Arabia. And um, on Sunday afternoon, pilgrims began moving to Mina, which is like three miles from the Grand Mosque. Um, And then there will be the climax of the Hajj, which for the people who started this on Sunday... um, That'll be tomorrow and the day after. That's when they will arrive at Mount Arafat. And so um, how do you accommodate, you know, two and a half million pilgrims just in the, uh, in, in the span of a few days? Well, lots of planning has gone into this in Saudi Arabia, as you might imagine. 
um, outside the Grand Mosque, um, thousands of people were, I mean, hundreds of thousands of people were praying on these colorful carpets adorned, adorning the pavement. Um, male pilgrims always wear white robes. Um, and there are, when you, when you see the pictures and the videos, you will see, wow, there's lots of ambulances and mobile clinics and fire trucks. And well, that's because in preparation, um, like food supplies have been staged. They've built tent cities. Um, every hotel has like a, a medical unit in it as well. Um, and they've got extra health workers on hand and bottled water because, you know, heat stroke, dehydration and exhaustion, you know, two and a half million people walking in the middle of the desert in the summer, you know, well, you can imagine. So here's what's interesting to me. Saudi Arabia has been, you know, like literally rolling out the carpet for uh, for visitors, for tourists. They've been advertising this. They've been, you know, saying, hey, the doors are open. You know, the, the, the pilgrimage is on. Like, come, 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 come. Well, here's what they didn't expect. <laughs> what do you think? Who do you think they didn't expect? This is a little bit of uh, guess who's coming to dinner. Um, they didn't expect evangelical Christians to show up, like at all. They, that's not what they expected. They just expected Muslims. So they prepared for Muslims. Um, they, didn't, they did not prepare for Christians. And it's not that Christians are going to Saudi Arabia to participate in the Hajj. That's not what's happening. But they are going to Saudi Arabia um, to visit sites that are associated uh, with the Exodus and that, you know, the things that border the Red Sea up there in the corner of Saudi Arabia that, uh, uh, that borders Jordan and the Sinai Peninsula of Egypt. And so it's an interesting, it's a very, very interesting um, development. And, uh, and I just thought, you know what, we, we ought to lift this up because sometimes the people who show up are not the people who we totally prepared for or that we expected. And so are you living today with the expectation that somebody might take you up on an invitation that you've extended and that the person who might take you up on that might not be the person who you thought was coming? There you go. Um, and where are you headed this summer? Will it be any kind of pilgrimage? Will it be? Will it have some kind of biblical meaning or connection or connecting point? I know that there are lots of folks doing um, vacations with a purpose this summer or giving their vacation time over to um, what we might traditionally call a mission trip. And so uh, maybe you know a high school or a college student that is engaged in that uh, this summer as well. Let's be praying for people who are traveling internationally, making pilgrimages of all kinds. And I am asking that God would reveal Jesus in dreams and visions, even as people um, are pursuing other spiritual um, things uh, during the Hajj. Uh, I can pray. I can pray for miracles like that. And I, I am. Nathan Sheridan is going to join us next to share his story. You may know him as a singer and songwriter. Um, he's a fellow Christian. He's a brother in Christ. And we're going to, we're going to talk about um, the journey of his life and how it has led him um, as a person of faith to this point. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Hey, let me just say to the person in the 507 area code who, because of a power outage, is listening right now to My Faith Radio. Yeah, because God works in mysterious ways and loves you and wanted you to hear the good news of the gospel and be a part of this community of believers. So welcome. Welcome, friend. All right, Nathan Sheridan is joining us now. Nathan is a brother in Christ. He lives just outside of 
Nashville, which he probably doesn't know. I live just outside of Nashville as well, so he and I might talk about that off air. Um, Nathan, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Hi, Carmen. How are you? I'm good. I'm out in Kingston Springs. Yeah, I'm out in... uh, Well, that's my bio that probably says I live on the outskirts of Nashville, but I really live in uh, Etheridge, Tennessee now. So I I moved not long ago. But it's, uh, it's Amish country out here. Yeah, I love that. Oh, that's fantastic. So we, um, we've we invited you here today, um, well, to celebrate what God's doing in your life and to invite people to check out, um, um, you know, what you're doing in, in terms of music. But we'd love to hear your story. Um, and so could you, could you share with us, like, your journey um, and how you've arrived at this place? Yeah, absolutely. That's... Um... That's pretty much my ministry is sharing my story and and sharing just how I even got here in the first place because it's pretty an atypical story. But my uh, parents, uh, my well, my biological mother, biological father, they really just weren't in a great place to raise me and my sister. And so early on, I was really put in a place where just I didn't have the best start. I'll say that and. It got to such a point that my mother had really sold everything in our house. Uh, it was becoming abusive uh, as far as her and my father. They were fighting. Uh, you know, she was just so far off on drugs, and so was he. That you know, she called my my grandparents in the middle of the night, said, "Hey, come get the kids right now. I can't raise them anymore." And you can imagine as a kid what that kind that started a trend so to speak. And my grandparents did though. They drove all the way uh, from Pearl Louisiana to Pensacola, Florida, got me and my sister, uh, Sarah. And, you know, after that night, I didn't know it at the time, but I wouldn't see my mother again for 10 years after that. So my, my mom and my dad were basically hard cut off from my life by their own choice. And shortly after being with my grandparents full time, my sister Sarah got really, really sick with uh, brain cancer, and she, you know, unfortunately passed away from that. So for me as a child, I was dealing with this cycle of abandonment and security uh, and not being, you know, my sis- even my sister passing away, feeling abandoned in that way. So feeling just uh, a lot, a lot of trauma, a lot, a lot of hurt. Uh, from Mm -hmm. just my circumstances and that was probably the most traumatic point in my life and I attribute so much of me overcoming that honestly to my grandparents who prayed for me and (laughs) made sure I was in church every single time the doors were open kind of (laughs) deal and I don't know if I could have made it out of that journey without them and and don't get me wrong it was still a, a really really long journey uh, you know, thank God at 14 years old, I was I was saved. Uh, and, you know, I finally had that relationship with Christ for the first time. But even after that, I still dealt with that that cycle of trauma and, and unforgiveness and even hatred sometimes towards my parents. That was probably the darkest points of my life where I just had a lot of hatred for mm-hmm. people that had hurt me in my life, including my own parents. So and I'll say this, I, I only started dabbling in music. Christian music, especially when I was around 16, 17. So even though I felt the Lord kind of pulling me into a music direction, 
I ended up, you know, I ended up joining the military and, and going overseas and things like that, where I experienced even more things that some might say are stressful and Mm -hmm. also, uh, traumatic in some ways. So I, I kind of had some, some other things later on in life that were, uh, not the best, but thank God, yeah. you know, overseas, cause I was in this place where I really didn't know why God had called me overseas, why I was even in this situation because yes, I'm in the military, but I knew there had to be a reason I was there, but I had an opportunity to start leading worship like really a lot, you know, overseas and man, <laughs> we started up a worship team and Camp Erfjan, Kuwait, and at the chapel, we just, I mean, we started packing out the chapel every Wednesday and every Sunday just with soldiers uh, who have had similar experiences to me, you know, either as children or in the military. And that was the first time I ever really saw God really move in people's life in, in that, in that way, in that, at that level. And yeah, Nathan, yes, I want to... I want to give you the opportunity to tell some of those stories, but we got to take a very, very brief break. No, go ahead. Yeah, we're talking with Nathan Sheridan. Um, He's uh, recently released um, uh, a single called Do You Know? Um, It's on welcoming the prodigal home. Um, We're talking about Nathan's life experience and the way that God has not only revealed himself to Nathan, but then used Nathan to lead others into uh, into the experience of the presence of God and, and, and the worship of Him. So we're going to continue this conversation with Nathan Sheridan in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. 150 million people, 150 million people actively use one particular app every month in the United States of America. I want that to be the Faith Radio app. How about you? If you're wondering how you could be encouraged in your faith at any time, anywhere, Well, I got good news for you. There's literally an app for that. You can listen to Faith Radio live, any show on demand, no matter where you are at any time of the day or night. Download the free Faith Radio app right now. It's super easy. Just text the word app to 877-933-2484 and click the link. Let's connect faith to life. Do you know he dances at the sound of your name? Do you know he longs to bless you over and over again? He is for you, beginning to end. If you've ever wondered if it's really true, he loves you. Those are some of the lyrics from Nathan Sheridan's new single, Do You Know? Um, And if you are a prodigal, um, we want to welcome you home. Nathan, um, let's continue... uh, the uh, the unpacking of your story you had this opportunity in kuwait for god to use you in really profound ways in leading other people into his presence and to worship him and you saw men and women um who had traumatic journeys of their own to that point um have an opportunity to you know allow god to meet them in those spaces and places i feel like this song is um as a part of that journey, not only your own journey, but the invitation that others would, you know, come to see the God who genuinely loves us. Yeah, absolutely. Because, like I said, overseas, I, I and there was so much, so many new experiences for a lot of different soldiers over there. That, I mean, I hate to say it, but so many were going through things like divorces or not getting to talk to their children or. Um, 
some who had been on multiple deployments and had, had experienced really uh, just gruesome things. So it was it was such an opportunity for me to just show the love of God and show Christ to people who were a lot like me in, in many ways. And uh, obviously not just because we were soldiers, but because we had uh, we had these some of these shared past experiences and also just some things that came along with being a soldier, uh, some unique challenges that came along with being a soldier. So for me, that's really where my whole journey into Christian music started. That's really, and I came home from that and started getting into the studio, started writing music for the first time, really writing songs for the first time. And I can honestly say that's when I finally heard God's voice saying, you know, Nathan, you can do this. This is your, this is your story. This is your journey. And I want you to share it with others. And I want you to write music about it. And I want you to help, help others find the same healing that, you know, you found. And it was a long, and even after that, even in, during singing worship music and being a worship leader and, you know, being in the studio and writing Christian music, I still dealt with some of these things but it took a long time for me to fully trust my identity in Christ, to trust the new story that I had in him and be able to overcome a lot of this unforgiveness, a lot of these past experiences, because we as humans tend to, you know, we hold on to our circumstances. We hold on to our trauma. And mm-hmm. as Christians, even we struggle to accept our new identity that we have in Christ and we struggle to accept the new story that he's given us despite everything that's happened to us. And that was really, I think, just the pinnacle for me is when, man, I I truly discovered that I am co-seated with Christ, that he lives inside me, and that he's given me a brand new purpose, a brand new identity, and that I have salvation through him. And that all of these circumstances, all of these things that we've been through aren't, it's just a testimony for us to show the goodness of God you know, it's not Amen. something that we have to, it's not just something we have to cling to and constantly just regurgitate to others just so we can, you know, we shouldn't identify with one another in our trauma and, and things like that. We should identify with one another through our shared, you know, communion with Christ. And that's, that's my goal it, it really, as I've gotten a little older and gotten to process everything I went through even more and gotten deeper into the word, that's kind of where I'm at now is, man, we have such a, an amazing opportunity in Christ to have a brand new story, a brand new destiny, and we don't have to hold on to our circumstances. We're not products of that. You know, we're products of Christ. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at now with it. I love that. Um, your fir- the first names of your grandparents, and are they still living? Yeah, Jawan and Richard Keller, they're both still living. Uh thank Jawan God and, and Richard. Um, we're gonna we're gonna yeah. we're gonna pray a prayer of thanksgiving for them. And then are are there specific ways we can pray for you? Absolutely. I just uh if anybody wants to pray for me, just pray that man, just pray that uh Christ continues to bless uh you know, me and my family and give us good health and uh even on my music, pray that this new song, Do You Know, reaches the right listeners and mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe reaches out to somebody who's hurting, whether it's a similar story to mine or something totally different. Uh, the song is about the prodigal coming home and about how you're never too far, that Jesus can't reach you. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not a Christian. There's 
Christ is available for you right now, right where you are. Amen. Um, let's pray. Father, we thank you for our brother Nathan. We thank you for Joanna and Richard. We thank you for um, their witness and testimony and their faithfulness. We thank you for shepherding Nathan's heart. We thank you for protecting his life. We thank you for using him. We thank you for his wife and, um, and his child. We would ask, Father, that you would continue to pour forth your blessing upon and through them. Give them good health and draw them unto yourself. Use Nathan's music to reach, um, reach the right ears and then touch the hearts and open people's lives to your presence that you could minister to them and draw them to yourself through this music. We thank you for Nathan. We thank you for this time together with him today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you. Yeah, Great absolutely. Ha- have a um, have a blessed day. You too. Thank you, dear. All right, that's Nathan Sheridan. I don't know. I I mean I I I hope it's okay that I call him dear. I'm I'm definitely old enough to be his mother. So um, he's absolutely precious. You got to be checking out what he's doing. Nathan Sheridan Official dot com. Uh, the new single, Do You Know? Let it minister to you and then use it to minister to others. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Hey, thanks for um, your interaction on the text line this morning. Remember, uh, you can always text me during the show, 877-933-2484. Either Paul Perot or I will respond to you in a timely manner. Um, If you text the word forgive to 877-933-2484, you're going to get a um, uh, a bounce back message uh, that initiates the forgiveness journey that we are on here at Faith Radio, invites you into the experience with us. So encourage you to text the word forgive to 877-933-2484. Tomorrow is Forgiveness Day or the Day of Forgiveness here at Faith Radio. So lots of resources posted at MyFaithRadio.com. And we want to invite you to like sit for a moment and consider what is God calling you to deal with in terms of forgiveness? How does he want to grow you in forgiveness? How does he want to invite you to take a step further on your forgiveness journey? Um, are you harboring unforgiveness? I mean, if so, then you know it's eating away at you. You know that it is the root of bitterness. Um, you know it's not healthy. And so we want um, to acknowledge that in our own lives, and we want to each take a step of faith in the direction of forgiveness. And so we are inviting you to do that with us here at Faith Radio. So uh, tomorrow is our day of forgiveness. You could be praying for us and how God intends to use it in the lives of those who will um, hear the messages that are going to go forth tomorrow and certainly invite you into it. Again, you can text the word forgive to 877-933-2484. Women, I am one. You might be one too. Um, We know that we are uh, called to Christ and then equipped and sent by Christ as a part of the Great Commission. Um, And so what does that look like in the world? What does it look like in a world of work? Women and Work is the book, Bearing God's Image and Joining in His Mission Through Our Work. That work might be um, in the home. It might be outside of the home. It's definitely in the world that God so loves. So Courtney Moore is going to join us next on the topic of 
women and work. What uh, what is your work comprised of today? Is it um, is it the labor of labor? Is it uh, labors of love? Is it labors out in the labor force, wherever it is that you're working today? We want to encourage you to work as unto the Lord. So Courtney Moore next with Women and Work. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Courtney Moore is joining us now. She's founder and president of Women and Work. Um, She has a book by that same title, Women and Work, Bearing God's Image and Joining in His Mission Through Our Work. She is a pastor's wife and a mom. They live in El Paso, Texas. Courtney, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Carmen, thank you so much for having me. Good morning. Good morning. So because we are a um, a show where we bring the mind of Christ to bear on the headline news of the day, I am well aware of um, what's going on in El Paso and just be lifting up your community and the challenges um, being faced there. And so just recognize that we know you're not operating in a vacuum and, and neither are we. And so um, thank you for taking time um, uh, to have this conversation with us today. Thank you so much, Carmen. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Yeah. Um, people, real people dealing with, you know, real things in real time. So um, women, like, you know, I am one. Uh, I am a woman who works. I, I work to keep my uh, family fed and my house, <clears throat> I don't know if it's clean, but, you know, some semblance of, of clean. Um, you know, I work to keep a farm. I work at this work. Um, and uh, and so let's talk about the reality of the work we do as women and the challenge that we sometimes face to see that that actually does make an eternal difference in the kingdom of God. That's exactly right. We are women and we are image bearers of our maker. And through our very work, we get the opportunity to reflect him out into the world in so many different ways. And, um, it's, it's, it's a privilege. And a lot of times we don't think of it like that. We usually think of work as sort of a necessary evil, you know, something we have to do. We feel, you know, maybe there are listeners right now on their way to work and they're thinking, oh, if I could have just slept in, you know, it's a necessary evil. We have to do it as a means of providing for our family and, and shelter and food and all of those things. But actually it's a great opportunity um, to step into the day and say, Lord, here I am in this body, and as women, as a fem- in a female body, how can I honor you today with these hands, with these feet, with this mind you've given me, with even my mouth, Carmen, I think of you imaging Christ with your voice. He spoke the world into existence in Genesis, and you are yourself are giving life um, and imaging Him through your words every single day. And so that's our goal, and that's our mission. So I love this approach, um, and thank you for those kind words. Um, how does women and work, I mean, not just the book, but everything else that you're doing through this ministry platform, you know, how does it sort of challenge or confront the modern concepts of work for women? Right. I really think it pushes back on that. Just we tend to live in light of the fall. Obviously, we have creation, fall, redemption and restoration. That's kind of the overarching biblical narrative we see in Scripture. And our work actually falls into that as well. And so we live right there in the the fall and we kind of forget about 
the good of work that God actually created it in paradise, in the Garden of Eden, that it was a great good before Adam and Eve sinned. And we also aren't given much vision um, lately, modern day, we're not given much vision for how our work can be part of God's redemptive plan on the earth. Um, we have a chapter in the book, and uh, it's a collaborative book. So there are actually 10 authors, and I had the privilege of being the editor. And one of our authors calls it um, God's great plan of renewal. And so just as Christ is making all things new through his death and resurrection, um, you know, he's in the process of renewing all things through our work. We can do that as well. We can take broken things and fix them. We can take ugly things and make them beautiful. We can take non-functioning materials and turn that into something that actually works and brings life into the world and flourishing. So I feel like we Christians in general, and particularly women, haven't really been given much of a vision for work. It's just kind of been slugged through the day, get through it, get to Friday, TGIF. Um, that or it's either seen as kind of a means of self-promotion. You know, this is how I'm 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 making my mark in the world, or I'm I'm fixing my identity on this. I am my work. And God says, no, you are mine. You're an image bearer. You are in Christ as a disciple. And your work is another way you can glorify me. And I don't think we're told that a lot. Yeah, I think that um, the image of cleaning, raising, wiping, folding, fixing, shepherding, transporting, refinishing, and then repeating Repeating, repeating, <laughs> repeating, repeating, right on repeat. Um, if I could capture the vision of every time I pick up a piece of trash and put it in the trash can or wipe up a counter or write the endless, I don't know about you, but I live in a place where it just seems like dirt is just tracked in constantly, right? So that process of needing to sweep and then, uh, and, you know, and then vacuum and then mop. I mean, like on and on and on. If I were able to embrace that as this is so redemptive, this is so redemptive. This is actually a redemptive act. Um, it would, it would change my spirit as I approach the task. And I think that's part of the conversation that we're seeking, um, seeking to have here. Uh, you talk about a theology of work. Um, we've begun to unpack that. Uh, how can I, how can I, discern or recognize or put words to the theology of work out of which I am currently operating. Like I got to see if my view of it is out of whack in order that I can have this more redemptive one. Right. Yeah. I think you have to go in and say, why am I doing this? What is your motivation for work? And again, we have just a very tangible, necessary motivation. The Lord, um, I go back, we talk a lot at Women in Work, not just the book, but like you said, in our organization um, about Genesis. We go back to the design of work in the garden. And we even see that, you know, when Adam and Eve were given the task of tending the garden, that was their work, um, began there in the garden. But really, they were tasked with building society from scratch. And they were going to do that through work. Um, we see that um, their motivation that I'm sorry, that they that God used their work as a means of provision. And so we see that as a tangible form even today, like God is providing for us um, just as he provided food for them from the garden. He pro our provision is come through earning a paycheck. So we, we understand that's definitely part of the motivation of work. But really, I go back to Colossians three, you know, whatever you do. Um, do it as unto the Lord. And so mm. I, I want our listeners to think, you know, where's God in my day? 
where is God if, if you are a teacher and of course you're out for the summer right now, but as you think back about going um, to school in the fall, you know, wh- how are you imagining you're going to interact with Emmanuel, God with us in that classroom or nurses who are listening to this on their way to the hospital? How are you imagining, you know, let me represent Christ today with my hands and feet as I put an IV in this needle. And so part of it, I do think is just realizing he is with you. He is empowering you um, and just leaning on his strength throughout the day. Um, That's definitely an aspect of the theology of work is just realizing he is Emmanuel, God with us. I love that. Um, We're going to continue our conversation with Courtney Moore in just a moment. The book is Women and Work, but it's also a podcast and a movement. You can find it at womenwork.net, womenwork.net. What does it mean to work from our weakness? And, um, And as a woman, like how do we manage and work with men? Those conversations up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Continuing our conversation with Courtney Moore. She's the author of Women and Work. You can find uh, the book and resources, the podcast at WomenWork.net. Uh, Courtney, let's talk about what it means to work from weakness. Um, some Sometimes people just, you know, call it women's work. Yeah, okay. Um, to work from weakness, you know, Carmen, we don't like to think of ourselves as weak, men or women. Um, no one wants to walk around and say, oh, you know, I'm weak. I can't do this. That's not the American way, right? We are... I can do spirit. We, um, we want that American dream. We go on Instagram and we kind of get sucked into the kind of the hustle culture. Like I can do this. You got this. We tell each other. Um, but in reality, we, um, we are not the creator. We are creatures and we have limits. Um, we are finite and God is infinite. And so even with, um, the way God set up our work, you know, going back to Adam and Eve again, he gave them uh, five days to work, six days to work and one day to rest. And so we even see in that that we have limits, that we are created um, in an orderly way with limits. And, and our bodies are made in such a way that we get tired. We need sleep. Um, and so we just can't, we just literally cannot do it all. And I know women feel this every day with our to-do list. And so at a certain point, we just have to say, you know what, just hold my hands up to the Lord open and say, God, here's this list. Um, I would love to accomplish it all. I have great intentions. My heart, my, my spirit is willing. My flesh is weak though. And so we go to the Lord and we say, God, I'm incapable. I really can't do this apart from you. I need a supernatural energy. I need a supernatural, um, just push from your spirit to do the things you've called me to do and to actually let go of the things that 
I just can't fit today um, because I'm a limited human. And so I go back and I think about Paul and he says, you know, if I'm going to boast in anything, I'm going to boast in my weakness because it's there that his power is made perfect. And so I love thinking about our work in that way of saying, here's my list today. I've got, you know, if you work outside the home and here's my eight hours, possibly if you're a full-time worker, um, I'm going to get tired. I'm going to get frustrated. And I really don't have capacity to get this done, but I have a great God who is mighty and powerful and he loves to come through for his people. He loves to show his faithfulness to those who lean upon him. And when we humble ourselves, he exalts those who um, have that humility. And so I love to encourage our listeners to to lean on him, to embrace your weakness and say, God, I can't do it, but you can. And so I'm going to trust in you today to not only get me through this day, but actually even to provide the results of my labor, um, to bring the fruit of this work. Um, I'm going to labor and then I'm going to rest and I'm going to leave the results up to you, God. Courtney, I know that um, you didn't join us today because you live in El Paso, but um, your sa- your city, your town, um, is constantly in the news and um, and certainly in our prayers, and we have deep concern for what's happening on the U.S.-Mexico border. So could I think it's really hard for people to imagine um, even what a border town is like. So for people who've never been to mm-hmm. anywhere, um, you know, on, on the U.S. southern border. Can you just, like, describe to us how close Mexico is to where you live? <laughs> Absolutely. Carmen, I am sitting right now in my office, and I'm my, I have this window facing the south. And right now, as we're speaking, I literally can see the mountains of Mexico. My house is two miles from Mexico, which is wild. I'm from Alabama. I never imagined I would live um, in a border town. I never imagined I would live close this close to another country. Um, and so it is pretty It is pretty wild. Um the culture here, it's we call it the borderland region. So we have the city of El Paso. You have Ciudad Juarez, which is right, right across the border. And then you also have Las Cruces, Mexico, New Mexico, excuse me, because my house is probably 20 minutes from New Mexico. People don't think about El Paso being this far west. Um, but we're out here in mountain time. Even though we're part of Texas, we're part of the Chihuahuan Desert. Um, so it's uh, yesterday, I think it got up to like 108. We're in a massive heat wave right now. And that's actually one of the headlines I just read yesterday. Um, speaking of immigrants and, and what, what all is going on over the last week, they have found, I think, five bodies, um, sadly, just deceased out in the desert near where these human smuggling um, happenings are taking place. And it's so hot and it's so dry. Um, it's just your heart goes out. I mean, these are humans um, made in the image of God, deserving of dignity. And, you know, no matter where you land on the political spectrum, these are people God cares about and people God loves. And um, so it's a tricky issue because we do care for human and human life and their experiences. Um, it's also a city where we're also our own city. And it, there's been a huge um, influx over the last couple of years of, uh, you know, this population growing and our shelters have done an amazing job of picking up the slack of doing all we can here to help provide for their needs. And I have to give a huge shout out to our border patrol agents. My goodness, they work tirelessly. They work overtime um, to make sure these um, people coming across the border are treated in a humane way, but they're also doing their very best they can to 
honor our country um, and honor um, our actual border. And so they're put in a sticky situation. And um, that's it's it's a a very interesting place. Um, I hear a lot of Spanish every single day, (laughs) um, which is pretty fun. And so it's a really interesting cultural place, too. Uh, we we know we we read headlines. I mean, as you alluded to about human smuggling and immigration and um, and places and ministries that are seeking to accommodate people who arrive and meet their immediate material needs. Um, and yeah, we have concern as well for um, you know for the national border and the laws of the land. And as you so personally point out, like these are precious people. And they are seeking a better life and they believe there is a better life for them um, on this side of the U.S. border. And so um, I just I didn't want to miss the opportunity to have you describe your life and then give us the opportunity to pray for you. So could we do that? We're going to use you as our as our one person in El Paso um, as we pray for the issues that um, we face all along the border. Could we do that? Uh, Thank you so much, Carmen. That means Mm -hmm. so much. Father, we come before you um, with our sister Courtney, and we just, we want to use her, Father, and lift her up as our, um, as our exemplar, as our individual upon whom we're going to speak these prayers that um, extend to so many of our brothers and sisters in Christ on both sides of the U.S.-Mexico border and the precious people who are seeking a better life for themselves and their children and their families and um, the concern that we have for the safety of families and children um, in the United States. And so, Father, it's so complex, and we just recognize that from your perspective and vantage point and viewpoint, these are people, and they're each one precious. And so thank you for Courtney. Thank you for her husband and their ministry. Thank you for um, the city of El Paso and the Christians there who are serving so valiantly on the front lines of this experience um, of, of immigration. Father, we do ask today that you would lower the temperature, lower the physical temperature in the desert, um, protect people from the excessive heat, lower the temperature in the political conversation, show us the answers to the questions that we're all asking. Uh, We trust that you have a way and that you have the resources necessary for the meeting of the needs of this generation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Carmen. Yeah, absolutely. I want to invite you to visit with Courtney Moore. Um, Check out the book and uh, the podcast and the ministry resources, womenwork.net. Womenwork.net. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. All right. What can you see from where you are right now? Courtney can see Mexico. <laughs> this is like right. She can see the mountains of Mexico. What can you see from where you are right now? Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm in a radio studio, so I can't see much. Um, but uh, from, you know, if I were to step outside, I still, I would only see like, right, the, the place where I live, my physical locale. Uh, what do you see where you are? And how is God calling you to walk by faith? out there into that world that he so loves and to do so in ways that honor Jesus. Like you, you are where you are so that God can be um, revealed in that place today. And so I want you to embrace that. May Christ be made known uh, in the breaking of the bread on this taste and see or tasty Tuesday. I always encourage you on Tuesday to break bread and 
uh, acknowledge that Christ is made known among us as we um, as we share him in table fellowship and hospitality. Tomorrow is our day of forgiveness here on Faith Radio. Please pray with us in advance that God would use it as a, a way to draw people unto himself in Jesus Christ and extend forgiveness to more and more people. If you haven't done so already, text the word forgive to 877-933-2484. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.